I have, a, I have a priest friend who's in town from Kansas, and he was telling me how sometimes people ask him what his favorite thing is about being a priest. And he says, well, there's two answers to this. There's the uh, real, true answer, and there's the answer that, that you're expecting. So which one do you want? Because what you're thinking I'll say is how beautiful it is to celebrate the sacraments. It's when I preach. It's when I... Uh, shrive people in the confessional. It's, it's when I lift up the host after the consecration. He said, that stuff's great. But what I really love about being a priest are the friendships that I have as a priest. He talks about uh, this one mutual friend. He says, you start talking in, at 9 o'clock, and next thing you look at your watch, it's 2 a.m. And it's that good. And I thought, you know, not only do, do I agree, I can also say... I couldn't be a priest without the strong friendships that I have. And that this has been true, in fact, not only as a priest, but my whole life. To me, the greatest thing about life is friendship, is the affection of friends, the company. Life, I would say, would not be worth living uh, without friends. And the moment I think that we get past friendship or go and stop thinking about affection... That's when we really start to say, you know, say stupid things. Like uh, someone told me once that there's a priest said that I am more powerful than the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because the Virgin brought Jesus into the world only one time. And I do it every time I celebrate Mass. Can you believe that? Now, I can believe it because I know uh, how stupid priests can be. Uh, if you don't know, stick around. Uh, just got to stick around long enough. Now, what's bad about this statement, uh, apart from how impious it sounds and is, is that it's wrong. Because this man forgets the truth of everything. That without God, we cannot do anything at all. And as if what? as if he invented his relationship with God, as if he established it himself, or as if he ordained himself to the priesthood? I mean, what are we talking about here? This is why we have to be clear about the nature of Christianity. Where does Christianity come from? Either it comes from a thought in your head, from a good idea, or it comes from an encounter, something that happens from outside of us, unforeseen and unforeseeable that enters in, that impacts us and changes the rest of our life. That's why I asked uh, Deacon to uh, read the long version of the gospel. You like that? (laughs) I saw you. (laughs) But it's impressive. It's impressive because Christianity is a fact. It's something that happens. Now, today's world, they fight against facts. They say there are no facts. There's only interpretations. And everyone is allowed their own interpretation. Here's the whole thing. It's the facts. Because it doesn't matter how you interpret what happened to the man who was blind. Here's the most simple witness. I don't know who he is. I don't know, maybe he's a prophet. I don't know if he's a sinner. All I know is before I couldn't see And now I can see. There's a fact. You can point to the moment it happened. 
From there you say, I don't know, I don't know. But everything that you would see for the rest of your life would make you think of this man, Jesus. Because you know that without him, you would not be seen. My friends, this is the same thing that happens today for us. No one can become Christian outside of this kind of encounter. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what it means that Jesus is still present. I don't know what what is meant by that. But I know before I did not think that life was good. Then I met these friends and now I enjoy life. And I can see this is what happened. And anybody who wants to ask me, say, look, I, I don't know. I don't know. This G- I just know I need to stay in this place or I can't be happy anymore. Or I can't love myself or anything because life is just uh, too hard. It's too depressing. Sorry, but if you don't think life is depressing, then, you know, open your eyes. <laughs> you know. Ignorance is bliss. It's true. And, uh, uh, and suffering comes, comes along with knowledge. Without Christ, without the resurrection, who can really stand up and say that life is worth living, that life is really good? And so, uh, so my friends, we see Christianity is not an idea like these Pharisees who want to hold on to their preconception and makes it block the truth of what's going on in reality. And we can do that in the church also. We can reduce Christianity and the faith to a list of propositions and morality to a a list of laws. And anybody who doesn't accept this stuff, well, they're not in the party and they're out and let's fight them. And then we get closed off to people who are poor. We get closed off to our neighbor because without seeing them, we cover them over with an idea that we have, a preconception. And then we're prevented from living the full life that God wants us to from living relationships very intensely. And we just, we just build up camps just like everybody else does. And Christianity simply becomes an ideology among many other ideologies fighting for their cultural relevance. And how are we doing, it? How are we doing with that war? I say, my friends, it'd be much better to say Christianity is friendship with Christ. And God made us because he wants us to enter into his eternal friendship. And so he comes and draws us and touches us and calls us to him. And this time of of Lent is that time of of remembrance and of purification to go deeper into what truly matters, into what really makes life worth living for us. And to not reduce Christ and the faith to a mere proposition. But faith in Christ means remaining with this friendship, remain in this place where he is risen from the dead and where he continues to call us and make him and make us part of himself.